0: We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech.
1: You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this, you might ask? I'm so glad you asked. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a Georgia Tech athletics podcast by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan.
0: Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Stephen, I know you're a Georgia Tech fan. You said it yourself. Who's your other favorite college team?
1: Well, I'm not answering that question because my favorite team, Georgia Tech, played to hell with Georgia this last weekend. Now that that game is over, it's whoever the hell is playing Georgia.
0: LSU this week. Amen. LSU.
1: Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Do what we couldn't do. All right. Uh, We are recording this podcast on the 29th of November. It is Tuesday night. Uh, it's about 7:45 in the evening. We are about two hours off of the big news, which is the new football coach for uh, Georgia Tech has been named uh you can take off the interim title brent key is the new coach that is going to be the second half of the show for those of you that are joining us for the first time or the first time in a while we like to split the show into two parts because we are the show for georgia tech alum and fans and one of the things we don't want to do is waste your time so the what we do is we break the show into two parts first part we cover the news we're going to cover as much athletic news as we can get to it as quickly as we can, because if you're running the world, if you're a Georgia Tech alum or fan, you've got bigger things to do than just sports, but you like sports. So we want to give you as much information so you can go on with your day. The second half of the show, we go a little more in depth, and today we will be talking about the new head coach, Brent Key, and all the stories behind it, and what happened, and kind of do a way too early prediction about what we might see over the next year, and hopefully many years to come. So, The that's the very first piece of news, but we're saving that for the end. So that's the tease. Joshua, I believe you have the other piece of news, which is bad news, but there might be some good news in there. Give us the update from the last football game of the season. Maybe.
0: Well, the last football of the season was clean, old fashioned hate of the regular season. Of course, Georgia Tech versus the University of Georgia, one of the oldest rivalries in college football. Um, And while it doesn't look great from the outside, um, as Tech fans will be the first to attest, this is the best that it's looked in the last couple years. You know, going back to the beginning of the um, ill-fated Jeff Collins era, uh, the final score ended up being 37-14 to UGA. I said it to you before the game, if Georgia Tech could cover the spread, I would be okay with it. And Georgia Tech most definitely covered the spread. Um, Georgia, Georgia was favored by 35 and a half touchdown or 35 and a half points. Uh, so, as you can see, Georgia Tech actually did very good in that regard. It was even better when you think about it. First of all, Georgia Tech scored the first first quarter touchdown on Georgia in its last 15 games, I believe, is what the broadcast said.
1: 15, so, 16,
0: yeah. For the first time basically this season, <coughs> you, <coughs> sorry, UGA gave up a first quarter touchdown. To the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and not only that, at the end of the first half, it was ten to seven UGA. So Georgia Tech was hanging right in there. The defense played amazingly the entire game. It was really just, especially once you got to the second half, a lot of offensive miscues. There was a muffed punt. Uh, David Shanahan wasn't able to handle the snap. Um, there was a fumble on the first play from scrimmage after a touchback. So Georgia got a lot of short fields that they were able to convert into points. And that's kind of where the game got away from Tech uh, 23-7 at the end of the third quarter. And then they would go up 37-7 about um, with 11 minutes left in the fourth. And then Tech was able to score a consolation touchdown with two and a half two minutes left in the fourth. Um, not a lot of necessarily meaningful or crazy Performers, Nate McCollum, six catches for 65 yards, um, doing what he's been doing. Zach Gibson, 19 of 35 for 191 yards. Not a horrible day, but not a great day either. Uh, Dave, um, I'm sorry, Uh, Dante Smith did throw a touchdown pass um, in that fourth quarter. Um, You know, one of those pass option things was able to put it 24 yards um, and come out with a perfect passer rating. So,
1: you know. I love it. Dante Smith uh, heading into the offseason as the best quarterback rating off the team. I, key You know, I, I think uh, Zach Gibson was uh, cursed with a, a, at least two, I think maybe three or four drops that honestly, wow. I think those receivers, at yeah. Leonard being the key one in the second quarter when we were still winning, Uh, He was wide open down the seam and simply dropped it. I mean, they ran a perfect play, fake pitch to the outside, and he threw it down the seam. I don't know if he would have scored. He would have gotten in scoring position, which is how we scored the first touchdown. By the way, one other little thing to add to that. That was the first time this season Georgia was trailing after the first quarter. Um, the other thing I will add to it, and I don't know if they were being gracious, but in this rivalry, they're very rarely gracious. Kirby Smart, uh, after the game, uh, and and one of the I, I actually was on a site uh, of Dog Nation because they were talking about the game, and they were talking about Brent Key, uh, and uh, Brett Key, and and Kirby stated, "Hey, we didn't come out flat." That you give the that coaching, we were ready. We were playing. We weren't. We weren't lazy. He said they they schemed well. They they had a great strategy and a great plan. And he goes, they had a couple things go against them. That could have been a lot closer game than it turned out to be. I don't think Kirby was being gracious. I I think he was saying, hey, that was no fluke. First time they were trailing uh, after the first quarter, and I joked with you, but it wasn't a joke. That's the first time we've been leading in any UGA game in five or six years uh in football. So you've they, got to give us that.
0: They should have stopped the count after that. Yeah. They should have just
1: called the <laughs> if game. this what the World Cup is going on, if there was any way we could have <laughs> pulled everything back and, and really delayed, you know, delayed the game and and you know, if we could take the air out of the ball uh any more than we could, we we yeah, but you can't do that in football. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, All right, so uh, any other, any quick, uh, anything else you want to add about the game? I mean, it is what it is. We've lost again, but there were a couple of signs of, hey, it's not, again, this could have been an absolutely disastrous year like the last three were, uh, and it wasn't. There was some, there was rays of hope.
0: Well, there was, it was the last game for the um, all ACC linebacker tandem of Charlie Thomas and Ace Ealy. Both finished it the way that they have done most of this season, which is double digit tackles. Um, Charlie didn't get any tackles for loss or sacks today. Um, obviously, playing the offensive line of UGA definitely makes it harder to get those kind of splash plays. Um, same thing with Keon White. He did have, I think, one tackle for loss, but uh, only had three tackles total, no sacks. So, uh, last game for all three of those guys. Um, and it wasn't, it was not a great way to go out, but it definitely was better than, you know, if they had gone out like last year they got beat 45-0. Right. So, you know, thank, thank the Lord for small favors.
1: Right. Absolutely. Without those, without the, uh, fumble and the, and the punt, uh, it's an the, interesting uh, game. It, yeah. I, I think it's, I, I think it's under 30 potentially, you know, yeah. and, and it's within two touchdowns and, uh, or less, which is kind of what I was hoping for, but Hey, we want, there's some things that went our way and sometimes luck has to be part of the equation and, and, it, and, and, Didn't work for us this time. So, all right, uh, quickly, I want to cover the uh, women's volleyball team uh, because I have to raise my hand and I have to say that I I made a mistake on the last couple of episodes as they were ending up their regular season. I was talking about the ACC tournament. So I need the women's volleyball coach or one of the uh, great members of that team or one of the many fans who fill O'Keefe Gymnasium all this fall to... uh, uh if it's if it's one of the female players they can women explain to me or woman explain to me about volleyball because i kept mentioning the ACC tournament there is no ACC volleyball tournament the regular season champ is the champ unfortunately georgia tech did fall to uh pit uh, Pitt, uh at, at last week but they finished the year strong with florida state they are in the ncaa tournament they are a fifth seed in uh, heading into the NCAA tournament. Their uh, first game, uh, their first match, excuse me, in the tournament is going to be against, I believe I saw it was Wright State. Let me confirm that. It is against Wright State. It is on Thursday, December 1st. So it is today, it is this week. uh, And it is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am not traveling to Milwaukee to see the women play. But uh, that is the first round game. Uh, they will take on Wright State uh, at 5 p.m. So go Lady Jackets! Get to the Final Four and championship match. And I would love to see that match. Uh, I will see as many as I can on the ACC network.
0: That a good example for the rest of our winter and fall sports. Maybe they'll follow in their footsteps.
1: Yeah, and let me just uh, let me just say, 20 and seven overall, 13 and five in the conference, 11 and three at home, eight and Four away, 1-0 and oh on neutral sites. So, well done,
0: ladies. Uh, go bring it home. Especially since the ACC seems like the powerhouse of a uh, yeah, uh, Yeah,
1: three teams in the top 15, I think. Uh, we ended up the season 13th, but we want to finish higher than that.
0: Absolutely. So, basketball time. Georgia Tech played two games in the last week. They wrapped up the Fort Myers tip-off with, um, for lack of a better term, a horrible showing. Against the Marquette Golden Eagles, uh, Marquette won 84 to 60. Uh, George Tech's offense just never got going in this game. Shot 33% from the field, 30% from three-point range, while Marquette was shooting 47% from the field and 39% from three. Um, Marquette was pressing, especially at the beginning of the game. Tech just couldn't seem to figure out kind of how to break that press. Uh, the offense seemed stuck in the mud most of the day. Uh, a lot of one-on-one drives, not a lot of passing. Georgia Tech, as a team, totaled seven assists, which is about as much as Marquette's guard totaled. Um, sorry, uh, Tyler Kolek, he was able to get six assists in 28 minutes, so almost outpaced our entire team. Not exactly the greatest showing. There was one bright spot, Javon Franklin, in a starting role, um, got 17 points and 14 rebounds on six of nine shooting, while also blocking two shots and getting two assists and a steal. So he filled up the box score quite, quite literally. But other than that, not great shooting performances from anybody else. Debo Coleman, two for eight miles, Kelly, two for 10, uh, Lance Terry, two for seven, Dave on Smith, three for nine, not, not a great day. Let's, uh, and,
1: and we had, uh, I believe on our last show, they had just finished the Utah game, yes. uh, when we did the last show and, and we were, uh, talking about how, they didn't really play well, but you got to give them a lot of credit for, for grinding back into a game after being down, what, 19-2 or something like that? I mean, it was, it was ridiculous at the start of the game. Marquette was not much better. In fact, I am hoping these are two of, if not the two worst games that we will play this year. They The Marquette game, they played terribly. There were only seven assists as a team. It was all... All of a sudden they all thought it was one on one time and they just stopped moving. Everybody stood around watching while one guy tried to break down. I'm like, hey, when did DeVoe get back on this team? When did Usher get <laughs> cut it out? Move around, guys. Um, so uh that was by far you got to give credit to Marquette. They played great, they really played a good game. We did not, and it showed. Uh, so we only lost by two to Utah playing not great. Oh, lost by four, sorry. Uh, and then we kind of got blown out by uh, by Marquette. So that leads to the other game. Uh, we we played North Alabama uh, over the over the uh, break, Thanksgiving break. If you watch the game on ESPN Plus or ACC uh, Network Plus, it showed it was a break. There were not a lot of people there, but wow. um, much better bounce back. Uh, scored scored eighty in that game. So Shot
0: the offense 59% came back from the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was this team is going to be successful as you see the uh, scoring spread out. Um, uh, you, when when this team does well, it's not going to be somebody had twenty seven. It's going to be a lot of people over ten. I think I think in that game you had six or seven guys uh, yeah, in, double, in
0: double figures.
1: Yeah, and I think the leading score was like sixteen with Davon. Yep. I think yeah, um, sixteen with Davon. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this, now for three games, four games in a row, uh, I think the starting lineup for the North Alabama game is the potential starting lineup for most games here on out, which is the three seniors, Rodney, Terry, and Sturdivant. all start on the bench. Um, Rodney is losing his spot. He he He's playing minimal minutes the last few games, and it's because Javon is showing up to be the garbage man he does all the dirty work uh he is a beast down low and guarding people bigger than him and rebounding and and uh Jalen is is kind of showing up as he can be you know he can be strong down low as well so Rodney needs to get his footwork together Rodney needs to get stronger and smarter and stop missing easy buckets uh and and help the team rather than hurt the team and I and I'm cheering for Rodney I really am
0: Absolutely. No, we're, we don't want to sound like we're dissing on him because I, I don't want us to be that podcast. But the fact of the matter was he didn't play well those first games that he played. There's a reason that he was pretty much completely out of the rotation in the Marquette game. He did play 15 minutes against North Alabama. We'll see how much that holds in this next game. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday night. So in literally an hour, they're going to be playing Iowa in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, will be an interesting game. Iowa was ranked previously. They did lose. They're 5-1 currently. Dropped out of the AP ranking, but they're still receiving votes. They are favored by 15.5 points um, because they are in Iowa. Iowa is, yes. Yeah, Iowa's favored by 15.5. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Their main performer, Chris Murray, the brother of NBA starter Keegan Murray, averaging 19 points on almost 50% shooting. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Tech can play well in this game, it'll be a great kind of launching pad into what's going to become the ACC schedule coming up in December.
1: Yeah, this is a great measuring stick game. I think before you get into ACC, we start ACC play with North Carolina in a couple weeks. Um, and, you know, there's hardly a lot of days off when you're playing the ACC schedule. And in ACC, you got to win as many home games as you can and try and take some on the road. This is a road game. We're playing in Iowa. Iowa was a ranked team. This, How good can you be? Can you hold them under 65 points, and can you shoot well enough to win? That's what's going to have to happen. So we'll see what happens. I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the big basketball fan, and I am a huge Pastner fan, and I'm very optimistic about this team being picked last to do b- a lot better than that. I'm not thinking they're top of the ACC, but I think they can be right in the mix. As you've heard me say, by the way, one other little point. If you watch the North Alabama game, you got to see our, uh, appear quickly becoming our favorite bench guy who will, might not get in any other games, but Kirill Markinoff got in the game and got physical with, one of the, with the biggest North Alabama guy who's kind of jacked. And then, <laughs> They they got tussled up with a with a jump ball and Carroll got his first bucket as a Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. So kudos to him.
0: Go go tall lanky white boy.
1: He ain't lanky, man. He he's got some he's got some thickness to him as a freshman. So we'll uh, but uh, before anybody gets too uh, uh, too racial with us. Javon Franklin is Javon is
0: a dog.
1: He I, 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 there are, are gonna, I so, so many guys point. on this there's so many guys on this team to love. I, I this is such a lovable
0: team he because the, uh, he filled up the point column against Marquette but then against North Alabama he only had 4 points. He also had 4 blocks. So and he six and,
1: seven and he didn't he didn't play a lot. He got to sit because he'd been playing yeah. a lot of minutes. Yeah. So Pastry that was Yeah, that was good for him. Okay. Uh, first first part of the show over, uh, so it is time. To, I, I feel like we uh, need to uh, go into, I was going to say pivot, but that's going to be part of the story of this coaching search. So, uh, rent key, it is now confirmed. After two, He's been
0: given the keys to the kingdom.
1: Yes, and snit key lives on. So the the Georgia Tech equivalent of the Brian Snitker story of the Atlanta Braves, a guy who was handed the interim title, who was the assistant head coach under Collins and was and so therefore made sense to go, hey, you play out the string. He went four and four, beat two ranked opponents, uh, and really got the most out of this team considering the circumstances. So with that as a backdrop, it was announced today, uh, after some other announcements that we're going to talk about, it was announced today that Brent Key is uh, the new head coach. In fact, just before we came on the air, there was a nice little YouTube video of Jay Bat talking to the football team and announcing him as the coach. Uh, and of course, social media being what it was, I saw multiple comments about two things, how excited the players were that their coach, the guy they played for is now being named the new head coach, and it was also mentioned because uh, it was also mentioned because it was social media. You see, a couple players not real happy. A couple players didn't stand up, and I'm like, okay, well they can enter the transfer portal. So
0: yeah, so perfect for them. You know, in this area of college football, you can just go wherever you want. Yeah.
1: All right. So Joshua, your first reactions to the Brent
0: Key hiring? My first reaction is that based on the way that we kind of saw this team play. Hiring Brent Key could be a very big positive for this season, this upcoming season, because if you bring Brent Key back, as we covered last week on the show, the players made it very clear that they liked Brent Key. There's player upon player upon player upon player upon player tweeting out, hashtag make Key head coach. And I think that that's going to help with the potential roster turnover that you would have seen hiring a new head coach. So, for example, currently in the transfer portal, there's six guys from Georgia Tech. Two of them entered in October after uh, Jeff Collins was fired. It's a rule in the transfer portal. There's 30 days. You have until up up to 30 days after your head coach is fired, you can enter the transfer portal early. That was Demetrius Knight and Katavian Franks. So they're probably gone. Uh, Jeff Sims entered the transfer portal like we talked about. Um, That's been rumored for a while. I assume he's going somewhere else. Don't think there would have been really much anything that we could have stopped that. Jude Kelly also entered the transfer portal. He's the backup kicker. He got benched because he was hitting 25% of his field goals. Highly doubt Tech even really wants him. Uh, Ryan King hit the transfer portal. He's a backup wide receiver. He's had five catches in his uh, two years of playing at Georgia Tech. So probably looking just for another place where he can play a little bit more because as we've covered as well, Tech's wide receiver core, very young. The big one so far is Nate McCollum. He entered the transfer portal himself. So that's the one where I think – hiring key is going to give you a higher chance of retaining mccollum and also keeping a lot of other players on this team because again they've made it very clear they like brent key now as for what it does to the program i have no issue with it i mean to me brent was always the the safe hire you know you you know you're going to get he loves the university. I don't think he looks at this job as a stepping stone job. Right. You know, that, that was my worry with Chadwell was, is he going to come in? Is he going to give us four good years? And right after we do really well, he's going to leave for Auburn or Ole Miss or like a bigger job. I think Brent wants to be here. So I think that's really good. I think he's content kind of being at Georgia Tech as the head coach. I don't think he's looking to kind of – eat. Obviously, if Bama comes offering him, he'll be like, I can't really say no to that. But I don't think he's looking to go from tech to another, you know, a a middle tier power five program that's a little bit more prestigious. Excellent. So uh,
1: my first reactions are that I got what I wanted. I wanted a tech man. I had made that very clear on this podcast. I think the best success for tech at this point was to get somebody that understood tech. Brent Key understands tech. He played here under O'Leary. He also has great coach, even though he doesn't have head coaching experience, he has assisted under some great coaches. He assisted under Saban in Alabama, okay? He's also assisted under some crappy head coaches, meaning he was here during the Collins debacle. I think he's got some, I don't think he hates Jeff Collins, probably likes the guy but I think he saw what didn't work and I think he knows what has worked and it, it, it seems pretty clear to me. And you said, you know, it will be good for the players who are here. Uh, I think, I think Brent key has shown me in eight games and it's very early, but he, he changed how this team could succeed. And the way he did it was he gave players more control while being the authority figure to ask for and demand accountability. I think that's how you succeed at Georgia Tech. He knows what it is to be a student here. He knows what needs to happen to succeed at Tech. And I know fans are going to want to talk about where we're ranked in recruiting and they're going to talk about uh you know, we need more facilities and we need more money. And I'm sure that that absolutely that enters into it. But Tech's best success is when you take players and make them better. It's not necessarily how high you're ranked in your recruiting. It's how much your players improve. You know, we can talk about analytics all day long, but, you know, you've got to build a team. And I just, I saw some of that. I saw flashes of it. Can So can he build a culture? Because he's 44 years old. And so he, this is the, one of those hires that if it works, he can be here more than a decade. He can be, you know, he can be the next, he can be a guy who stays here for, for 15 years if he wants to, um, and, and really build out a culture and can he make better assistance? Can he, can he get a recruiting system in place? Can he recruit the state? All that kind of stuff, find the right players to to make your team better. That's the one thing we don't know. Is he he did this with Collins' recruits. You got to imagine he was part of it. And he knew what they were trying to create. Does he know what he wants to create? As far as a team well, identity.
0: I mean, in all fairness, Tech was still getting commits when he was the interim head coach. So yes. The best part about getting him now is, especially, the best part of getting him is, the class that they already have, yes. probably going to stay together. Um, at least you imagine it'll stay together um, and, and get build on it. Yeah, exactly. There's still other guys that they're out there. They're trying to they're trying to get um, the biggest thing will be kind of paying attention to the staff. Um, I have heard that Kenyatta Watson, senior, the director of scouting, um, if Key left, the rumor was that he would leave, too. So holding on to him and key is a big get for Georgia Tech. Um, the rumor I'm hearing from uh, beat writer Bryce Kuhn over 24/7 is that there might be a new defensive coordinator coming in, um, which is funny because I thought Thacker did a fantastic job. Um, I'm a big fan of Thacker, but um, the guy that's rumored is the assistant defensive coordinator at Alabama. Um, I believe his name was Charles Kelly, so it could be it could be a massive pickup. Um, for Georgia Tech, getting another Bama guy. Looks like they're really trying to become Alabama East, uh, which is wild to say. But um, they're definitely keeping it within that Bama family. Um, I'm interested to see what he does with Chip Long as well because
1: yeah.
0: I think we can all agree Chip Long wasn't fantastic as right. the offensive coordinator. Um,
1: well, you, get to, you you get to put the staff together the way you want. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how he puts his staff together. Uh, And that's going to be intriguing. And the the point is, uh, what's going to be funny is one of the reactions is everybody's going to have an opinion. And we gave ours, and you're allowed to give yours. That's fine. But nobody knows. Nobody knows. We saw what he did in eight games. I was – so let's talk about some of the other candidates or let's – because I want to kind of focus on this timeline. Because the one thing that uh, I was looking forward to, if it was someone else – Was the other two they were looking at, uh, the other three they were looking at, all had head coaching experience that we could point to multiple seasons. So I wanted to cover that. And I don't know if this story will ever come out. I kind of hope it doesn't. Uh, But you have to acknowledge that over this weekend, over the last three to four days, so early on. So it was reported they had had at least four interviews. Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. I read
0: that they interviewed 10 to 12. Okay. They had four main contenders, but they interviewed 10 to 12. Okay,
1: so after 10 to 12, after the 10 to 12 interviews, they had four main candidates that they were serious about. Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Bill O'Brien over at Alabama. Uh, Fritz came out of Tulane. uh, uh, And what's his last name? I forgot all of a sudden. Williams? (laughs) Look it up real quick. All right, Fritz out of Tulane. And uh, Willie Willie Fritz, Willie Fritz, Fritz was his last name. Yeah, sorry. I was watching something about Fritz Von Erich, the old wrestler. I was thinking Fritz is the first name. My apologies. I'm old, Willie Fritz from Tulane. Willie Fritz from Tulane. And of course, Brent Key. So the storyline goes, and correct me if I'm wrong, around Friday, Saturday, it's it's mentioned that Bill O'Brien seems to be a key candidate. Oh, they're serious about Bill O'Brien. Then within 24 hours, the story comes out that Bill O'Brien had kind of withdrawn from the process. And and it was rumored that he kind of, after talking with Tech seriously, said, I really want to get back to the NFL. So I don't know if that means they were, they had, I don't think they ever offered him. And I don't know how serious they got about it, but that was a source story that kind of came out. Then the story became that Chadwell had kind of withdrawn his name. And the only thing we saw about that was that maybe the money wasn't right or he
0: wanted a lot more. So I had seen the money. Money was the consistent thing. It was also mentioned with Bill O'Brien that he was looking for a little bit more than Tech was willing to guarantee. Um, and the kind of the same thing with Chadwell. The other big thing with Chadwell, the rumor that I saw, was that Chadwell wanted to bring his entire offensive staff with him from Coastal Carolina, and Georgia Tech was – I don't want to say they denied it, but they were non-committal to letting okay. him bring everybody with him. So and I think that was kind of a non-starter for Chadwell. So he kind of took his name out of it. So Tech I, moved on.
1: So again, we don't know if they were actually offered or they were the number one candidate. Well, we may never know that. Yeah. The Fritz is interesting. The Willie Fritz is it because yeah. the guy we, you know, one of the guys. Who Ken kind of got over her skis a little bit, it seems like. And to Ken's credit, Ken, we love you. He took it on the chin. He he said, I'll take all the heat. I I absolutely, you know, got, I, I was wrong. So he had reported that Willie Fritz uh, uh, was going to be the, co- and that he had agreed to a deal. Then it was reported that he hasn't re- uh, agreed to he's a deal.
0: But he's still, they're still he, tracking towards that.
1: Yes, that all signs are pointing to he's going to be the coach. And as we were talking today, my I was kind of thinking, oh, and and apparently in Monday's press conference, he was asked about it multiple times and he was non-committal. He was, hey, we're not talking about that. I'm not, I'm not focused on coach that. I'm speak. focused on the game. Yeah, he coach speak for I'm focused on this game. And the thought was, in fact, one of the George Tech Facebook pages had this long rant about. Writing letters isn't going to matter. He's going to be the head coach because he's going to coach this AAC championship game. And that makes tons of sense. You can get out before the bowl game, but this this matters. The championship game is huge. So that was the thinking was that he had been offered the job, but he was going to coach this one game. And then all of a sudden today, he was very firm in his press conference. No, I'm staying. I'm staying. I'm staying. Now, was he ever actually offered the job? That we may never know. I hope we if it was the case, I hope it doesn't ever leak. Okay, because we don't need that kind of drama. But let me just ask you, just for fun, do you think you know what do you think if were any of those three other guys
0: ahead of, of Brent Key? Um, see that's thing. I don't it changed it seemed to change pretty much every week. Like there was new reports that somebody else was the front runner. So realistically, I don't think that Jay Bat ever really had a front runner. I think he had four guys that he was comfortable with. And I think he might have been working with them simultaneously, kind of what would a deal look like to you? You know what I mean? So it was more of like I think that he was negotiating with four guys to try to figure out where's Bill at, where's Jamie looking at, what does Brent want? And kind of get an idea of, you know, am I will am I willing to pay a little bit more if it means I get Jamie Chadwell? Or right. You know, oh, Willie Fritz is asking for this, but I can get Brent Key for this, and I am very comfortable with Brent Key. I'd rather just, you know, I I, I really don't know if there was a number one. In my personal opinion, I think he was just kind of he was doing his due diligence. I like think he was trying to get an idea of what they were thinking contract wise, system wise, culture wise, assistant wise. Like, what are, what's your plan when you come in? And there was just a few different things for every single person here. They were like. I don't know. So eventually, they were like, "Well, he checks all the boxes we're looking for, so let's." Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think
1: there's a great opportunity here, and we don't have it all the time. Of you know, who knew what and when did they know it? Because all those stories up till today, when it was announced, it was always sources say, sources say, sources say, "You're the guy who's who's you know looking to crack a career in sports media." And, and we highly respect Ken Segura. Yeah, you, you follow uh, Bryce Kuhn Coon, Coon, on, on Discord and other stuff. We we speak very highly of the people who follow tech sports and, and do a good job, do a very good job. And so when they say sources say, they're, they, they trust those sources. But none of those sources are J-Bat. And I'm assuming... None of those sources, very few, if any of those sources, were actually in a room. You know, there comes a point where it's one-on-one, and so you don't know what they're doing and what they're thinking. So I I like your idea that that there were probably very serious considerations, and Jay was trying to decide, make the final decision. and, And you can have conversations about contracts, and you can have conversations about money without actually going, I want you to be the guy. It can be... Tell me what you're looking at and, and, and Jay, I don't know, but Jay might've said, Hey, we want to keep, there are certain parts of this current staff we want to keep because we like the class that's coming in or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I I don't know, uh, what that all entails. I mean, again, if I'm, I'm going to keep, you guys better get used to me calling him Snitkey occasionally. Uh, when Brian Snitker took the job with the Braves, one of the things was Ron Washington was his, bench, was his third base coach and assistant head coach because originally Ron Washington was going to become the manager. It was all decided. Everybody thought, everybody knew Ron Washington was going to be the manager. And what ended up happening is Brian and Ron really worked well together. And Ron was like, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm happy. You, you're paying me. I, this is a great team. So they they still work together to this day. They make a fantastic team. So we don't know all that stuff and we may never know and I, I the the idea is now Brent Key is the head coach. So um let me just uh, we we're we're going to talk about it a lot more over the coming 12 months. Yeah, I kind of ask for your first your first reaction. Let me close by kind of asking um what what do you want to expect out of the next season to two years? What do you want to see? What what do we s- what what do we need to get
0: go? Hey, we've turned the corner. This is the right hire. This is the guy. I want to see us get back to five hundred because um, he yeah, got within a game of it this year. I think he can do it. Considering like we've talked about last week, they're not losing a ton of talent. Um, the transfer portal, you know, you run the risk of losing a lot of talent, but you also can you know, bring in a lot of talent. So there's sort of a duality there. Um, He's shown he, Tech was still bringing in recruits um, even when he was just the interim. So now that he's full-time, there's not, I feel like, you know, more recruits will be more likely to commit because there's less uncertainty. Like, hey, I might be committing to a staff that's completely different in like two months. Now it's like, okay, I'm committing to the same head coach. He's probably keeping most of his assistants because he's been working with these guys for a year or two. So I I expect us to get back to 500 next year. Within 2 years I expect us to be back around 8 and 4. If if everything breaks right. You know, obviously the development isn't linear. There's a chance that we hit 6 and 6 and then we do another 6 and 6 year, but then we go up. I just want to see the team keep getting better, you know. Bringing I want to see guys keep getting better. I want to see more talent being brought in. I want to see. I want to see the guys keep playing. I think the biggest thing that I didn't like about the Collins era was it looked like guys just didn't want to be there. Under Brent Key, it looked like people wanted to be there.
1: Right. You want to ask me the same question?
0: D- ditto. Same question to you.
1: So I, I'm I'm going to probably pay attention more to culture. Uh, I want to see him build a program. Because when Jeff came in, oh, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build this. Which, by the way, last thing, go look up the uh, the article of this last week. I encourage all of our listeners. Uh, Paul Johnson ended his silence. Uh, <laughs> and and Paul Johnson did some very Paul Johnson things without directly. He's, he's such a good direct talker while using coach speak. And he never said anything bad about Jeff, nor would he ever do that. But he just—he kind of was like, "You guys miss me," because Paul Johnson built something, Bill Curry built something, Bobby Ross was building something and went to the NFL. George O'Leary built something and then left for his dream job, and he never should have. I want to see if Brent Key can build something, and I'm going to see that in culture. I'm going to see that in in intangibles. I'm going to see that in seeing guys play uh, their best. And listen. I, you know, Paul is the is is the last one that a lot of our listeners will remember because they were alive during Paul's years. The one thing I missed most after Paul left was I. the more I watched Jeff coach this team, the more I realized, holy cow, I knew what I was going to get week in and week out. The consistency of the team with Paul. That's the one thing I could always count on. And it was great to have a team that you knew what you were going to get. And what you didn't know was, is this going to be the week that we play, that we dominate a team we should have no business dominating? Or are we going to be in a game we really shouldn't be in? But we beat the teams we were supposed to beat. And, you know, I knew what I was going to get with Paul. And so that consistency, which I think is a tech quality that you can get. You don't make dumb mistakes. You don't make dumb penalties. You don't, you know, and to be honest, look at Brent. There were very few stupid penalties. The guy who targeted on these special teams, he was taken out of the game before they even finished, before they even announced the penalty. And I mean, he knew it. And so building that culture is is going to matter. And if I, and I I'll know it when I see it. And I saw it this year. So keep it up. Keep doing it. Keep asking for accountability and get these guys better. Uh, Joshua, I want to wrap up the show by reminding everybody that, uh, oh, well, I want to remind everybody, we want you to be more part of the show. Uh, My example of of a uh, person being part of the show, and I should have done this earlier, sorry it's so late, but a good friend of mine who has listened to the show and is an FSU alum, uh, when he thought it was still Fritz's job, he said, hey, I hope your Willie works out a lot better than our Willie did. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I so I told him I'd give him a shout out on the show. We want you to contact us. Joshua, what's the best way for them to get in touch with the show?
0: Uh, they can email me. Um, hit me on my email at Joshua joshuajulian26, Julian is spelled J-U-L-I-A-N, at outlook.com. If you're on Instagram, you can also DM me, uh, joshuajulian46, on Instagram. Either way,
1: I will be responding. Fantastic, and uh, want to remind everybody we don't do we don't do any sponsors. This is an organic show. We want to build this one alum and one fan at a time. Everybody listening, you have someone else in your life, maybe more than one, who's a Georgia Tech alum and fan. They get frustrated when they go to Target uh, and they see that there's a, a two or three tech shirts and then billions of racks of those other idiots up in Athens. Uh, you don't go to Walmart because that's where they shop. We don't shop there. We shop at Target. Uh, and so that frustrates you. There's there's many are called, but few are chosen uh, to be fans and alum of tech. But that means we're set apart. So we, we want to welcome you into uh, the show. Tell them about the show. We'd love for them to be a part of it. Contact us through uh, the Instagram and email. Uh, and there's, I believe, only one last thing that we close the show with, and it's a question. And I'm going to let my fan friend Joshua lead us out with that.
0: Simple question. What is the good word?